This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed! Bitch! Gangsters, what's up guys? What's the grant to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Get the world by the tail! Fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. Cute as shit. Oh, 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 skip, skip, skip. If you don't chew big red, then f you. That's so horny. Could you imagine if I hit the old water pipe with that thing? Oh. Great cash, homie. Three, two, one, let's fuck! Everybody's got to hear the shit on W Balls, W Balls, W Balls. of the Do Not Listen to This Podcast. I am your host, Sam LaCrosse. Can you dig it? I can. And we are here with another one of my favorite people, one of my favorite special guests that I've had on for this year, Kim Cuellar. Kim, thank you for coming on. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Sam. I'm excited to talk to you again. Why, well, I, would, I would hope so. I would hope you would not be not be not excited to do all that. First of all, did I say your name correctly, by the way? I think you said it before. Yes, so my last name is pronounced Cuellar, but it does have a little Okay, so I just said it like an American, and I just I messed it up as probably a lot of people do. Yeah, people don't okay. know who they are, or I've heard a lot of different pronunciations. Okay. Uh, but I never get offended. Uh, uh, I appreciate okay. the effort. Okay, okay. I was gonna yeah. say like I got most. Okay, got most of it right. Are you from? Are you? I know your fam. Your family's Mexican, right? Yeah. Okay. My um, parents, parents all um, were born in Mexico, and then my parents were born over here in the U.S. Yeah, just a lot of Spanish heritage. Lot of, okay. I was gonna say I, I did not think you were from Mexico and moved here. You're so you're always you're always Texan, right? Okay, just yeah, okay. Immediate family. We've all been in the U.S. born here, but grandparents and distant relatives and cousins, Mexico. Yeah. Do you go there often? Yeah, I grew up um, by the border, so I'm like 20 minutes from Mexico, and I grew up going there every every weekend. What? Oh wow. What? Uh, what town? Do I know it? So, the border town where South Texas is called Matamoros. Oh, okay. And, I mean, it's a pretty, like, I guess known town. Yeah, um, I've heard of it before. Yeah, I, I'm used to it. I, I might have taken it for granted a few times, but now I miss it since I'm in Austin and I'm not close to the border anymore. But, yeah, we have family there and, like, we just go eat and shop because everything here significantly cheaper in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. And food is better. Music is awesome. And... Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, is it like, what do you, is it just like the family aspect and like buying cheap, cheap, like stuff in Mexico that you miss about it? Or kind of what do you miss about it versus Austin? Um, definitely the food, the Mexican food. It's probably a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> coming to Austin, I, I was a really harsh critic. I was like, nothing is You just, you eat Chewies and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you're kind of just like, it's Everyone would recommend Chewies to me and I'm like, no. You're like, this is just so, so I horrible. I don't yeah. trust anyone that recommends Chewies to me because I'm like, it's also not fair because I only know authentic. That's what I grew up on. Yeah. So nothing obviously is going to be better than that. But yeah, I mean, I respect the effort in Mexican food here in Austin, but I miss the Mexican town back home. 
Yeah, I am. I am very glad you said that. As an, as an authentic, an actual uh, Latina woman, you have said all, all this kind of stuff. I, I am not the, a fan of Chewies either. I've had it once, and I'm, I, I was underwhelmed by, by how much everyone talks about it. That's kind of heresy to say about you know things here, but I just I I don't really I don't really it doesn't agree with me. I don't agree with it. But anyways, we are not here to talk about Chewies, and we are here to talk about some other things. And I know you kind of we were talking a little bit before this and everything else. Uh, very excited that you were going to come on. And I actually I wanted to have you on before your big day that you had a couple weekends ago, which I did not know about until you popped up in the same class as I did. So Kim got baptized about what was it two or three weeks ago at this point, like two and a half weeks ago. January 22nd. So yeah, about two weeks, it's about a little over two weeks ago, which is crazy. So I remember like in, and that's kind of where Kim and I kind of first met. We met like, we met through our missional community, our small group basically was what, you know, the more apropos term in our church, we go to the same church. And Kim was, she has a funny kind of story about going to all this stuff. She was accidentally, I don't know if you were, were you placed in the wrong group or did you kind of just go to the wrong group? We're like, Hey, like I'm, I forget how the story goes. I just know that you did not go to the right place on the first day. So I don't know how, how that yeah, yeah, no, it's kind of an interesting story, but I'm so happy, I'm so happy, like, it happened the way it did, but I am a college student, so this time last year, I was a junior, and I had asked, like, some of our college ministry people, or just, like, employees of our church, like, how can I get connected with the missional community, because I want to, like, grow with my church community and learn more about scripture, and they were like, well, you can do, like, a connect class, and you would get placed into an MC there. And I was like, perfect, I'll do it. I'll do what I need to do to yeah. get an MC. And I go to connect class, and I'm like, okay, I there's families here. There's couples. <laughs> like, there's people with, like, full-time jobs. I'm like, I'm nowhere near this like, part yeah. of my life. Um, so I still sat through the whole class, and then by the end of it, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Like, I'm 21 in college, and, and I just, I'm different. So I talked to the director who led the class, and he was like, oh, like, yeah, you're meant to be here. And I was like, but I'm still in college. He was like, oh, yeah, no, you're not supposed to be here. And he was like, we didn't know you were in college. Like, you do look older. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I was gonna say, like, I was, I think we were all kind of shocked, especially, like, as we got to know you, and, like, you're, you're a very mature person, and you kind of, like I said, like, you kind of, like, we're gonna talk about, you have very mature qualities in a lot of ways, and so, like, I thought you were definitely, like, I didn't think you were, I, I knew you were younger, like, but I thought you were, like, I just turned 25, I thought you were on my age, so that was kind of like, like, oh, like, that's kind of, like, how everything worked, but, no, it's very interesting, because we do have, like, we have such an emphasis, and you go to UT, so, I mean, we have such an emphasis on the University of Texas campus, especially with our church, which is a bigger church, we recruit a lot of people from, I don't even know if it's the right word, but we recruit a lot of people from UT to kind of go to uh, the Austin Stone, our church. And so like there was a big presence there and it was kind of just very interesting when I heard that, that you got, you know, it was like, okay, just skip the whole college thing and then move into like something else where you can actually like work with more adult like people to what you were saying earlier. But that, you know, I don't know if that was a welcome thing for you kind of, or if it was like scary or intimidating or something like that. But it's, it's definitely like a little bit weird. Cause I remember like seeing like there were a couple like 50 year old ladies and I was like, oof, like, I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, like, should I like be doing all this kind of stuff or whatever? Right. But like, like what, when you realized that, like, what was the feeling that you kind of had about all that kind of stuff? I know. I, I was like, my immediate reaction was like, okay, I'm not going to continue with the classes if like no one here can relate to me, like quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but then like, I was like, hey, like, maybe I'm supposed to be here. Like, let's just, let's keep going to the classes, see what happens. Like I can really benefit from like knowing a different community within my church like that's awesome like I would love to get to know more people and we do have something in common like we're all following like Jesus and we want to like know him more like, mm -hmm. that's 
truly all you need, like motivation to have a mission for your career. Yeah. Um, so I continued with the class, and I was intimidated because I was like, I'm young, like no one can learn from my experiences because everyone's been in my place before, but I've never been in their place. Like everyone's done the college thing, the going to church thing, like like classes, and like my problems are so small compared to everyone else's. So I would compare, and I would be intimidated all the time. But then I was like. I think that's the enemy, like, trying to feed me lies, like, hey, you're not good enough, but, like, truthfully, like, you guys in my initial community made me feel special so much Aww. every single week, and I would learn so much, and, like, I, I would, like, participate as much as I could, and I was like, hey, like, I'm trying, and, like, I think, like, that's more than enough that I can provide. Sure. Whether I know all scripture or, like, I can say the most perfect prayers or not, like, uh, that's what I'm here for is to learn, like, how to it's very interesting. I think that's, you hit on kind of like a thing that I, I didn't really realize at the time. It's kind of like imposter syndrome comes in a lot of very different waves and a lot of different things. And I never really realized it. Like, and that's something that like looking back on it, I didn't really have a word for it, I guess, but like a lot of how I felt when I first started, because, you know, I only, you know, started on my Christian path in July of 2021. So a little over like a year and a half. So I think slightly less than, than what you said in terms of anything else, but it was like, I came in and was like, you know, kind of just like blown away kind of with like how like, woof, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like, like kind of be like as like whatever these people are and like whatever vernacular or noun I would use or verb I would use for it. But it's something where I think a lot of people do get intimidated. And I think that's honestly what made a lot of people very, very impressed by you is that you were not afraid of kind of jumping into everything else. And like, I remember like the, that was, I think, you know, I, I, you were the first person who I heard the term on fire for Jesus was used by I think either Jenny or Katie shout out to Jenny or Katie who which everyone said and probably both of you have said it numerous times at this point but I, I think that was where I think a lot of people and I think it's where a lot of like maturity I think we all kind of realized in you was because you were so outspoken and you were so like I'm going to plant my values right here and they're going to be like all this kind of stuff wherever that is so where did that conviction come from like where did that like on fire for Jesus type of thing come from because I think a lot of people when you're just getting to know somebody, especially like we were all trying to like slowly becoming like a group and friends and everything. And it, that's kind of an awkward phase, no matter what group it is, whether it's a Christian group, whether it's, I, I know you're in, you're in a, a couple groups on campus, like you're the leader, you're the president leader for one, all that kind of stuff. And so it's hard to kind of get like that gelling going, but especially a topic as personal and vulnerable as your faith. And, you know, especially as a Christian, I think in, in many senses, but where, where did that conviction come from for you to say, like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, dive face first into whatever this is and then see kind of where everything takes me? Like, where did where did that come from, do you think? Yeah, I I think it's so cool that people, like, say, hey, she's on fire for you. So that's, like, a huge compliment. Like, that's someone saying, like, hey, I see, like, Jesus in you. And, like, that's, like, truthfully all I want um, from following Jesus. But, uh, yeah, I would say, like, I'm on fire because I'm just so eager to learn more about him and, like, his truth. And, like, I'm just constantly learning every single week. Like, I can never get enough from it. And, like, the thing is, like, as I'm learning, like, I'm being so fulfilled. And by, like, I kind of, like, say, like, my cup is being filled with, like, his truth and word. Mm. And I'm able to, like, use my filled cup to help people that have empty cups. Like, yeah. I'm giving them some of, like, my water in there. And, like, that's all of Jesus' truth, and that's because, like, his truth is so fulfilling, and, like, it's everlasting life, and, like, I can't find that anywhere else. So, like, I'm on fire for Jesus, because I'm just, every time I learn more and more, it just gets better and better. Yeah. Like, it's so healthy for me to just keep, I mean, 
surrendering and following the Lord and sharing that with others and like I've been given so many opportunities like in my college like life to like follow Jesus like deeper and deeper and, and like in communities as well so it's like I'm taking these opportunities so serious and I'm like jumping into everyone I get because I feel like I didn't have that growing up so it's like the stone has really helped me like learn more about who Jesus is and like why like yeah. Is that a natural personality trait for you, that kind of wanting to be, like, a filler of others' cups, for example? I would say not even in a, in a Christian sense. That kind of looks like – like, is that, like, who Kim is as a person? Like, kind of someone who wants to, like, make people feel, like, fulfilled or special or that kind of stuff? I, I'm assuming it is. I just didn't know if that was kind of, like, a consistent thing before your faith journey and before you came to Christ and then afterwards. Is that kind of who – like, is that something that kind of stayed constant throughout the whole thing? Or is that just kind of, like, a new thing that came with your faith that you guys kind of – felt yourself getting put out there more for other people or, or where does that, where does that kind of fall into everything? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I definitely think it's something that's always been in me. I think you can feel special, but I mean, I don't do it to just everyone that gets for people. Like I actually like see something in, like I see like so much goodness and like huge light in people. And like, mm-hmm. I just always see people for like the best and like, Hey, we all have a past. We've all done bad things. And I, I don't look at that stuff. Like that's not fair for me to do. Like God doesn't do that for me. Um, so I, I tend to have, like, this personality trait of, like, I want to help others. Like, yeah. if I need to, like, leave something of mine behind to help someone else, like, I will make that sacrifice and make sure, like, you're okay and, like, that I'll be there for you. Like, that's definitely huge for me, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I think it's it, it's a very admirable trait to have, especially as a Christian, because that's kind of why, like, a lot of a lot of Christians are that way, just because, like they know something that maybe another person doesn't know, for example, go back to your point about learning or all that kind of stuff. And which is why I think I was, I was so shocked. Like when I was at your baptism two and a half weeks ago and what, I guess three weeks ago from the time this podcast is going to come out this Sunday, but you know, you weren't even a Christian for like two, hardly two years at that point, or not even two years at, at this point where you got baptized, which is crazy because it's like something that was, I thought was so, and that is, I should say so deeply embedded inside of who you are as an individual, who you are as a person that, I thought that it was like that something that you were able to convey that strongly. That was something that I thought had to be cultivated over a long period of time, but you kind of were a living contradiction to that in the, in the best way possible. I would say in that kind of a sense where it does not have to be that way. So like, mm-hmm. and, and that's not a trivial thing in the sense because religion isn't a trivial thing at all. Like it's a very, very serious thing, no matter if you're Christian or not. Like it's a pretty dramatic shift to kind of go from like, just that type of person who did not know what a religion is about, what it was teaching, what it was practicing, how to live through that religion to a point where you are now a very, very big evangelist for that reason, if I can use that word to do all this kind of stuff and everything. So how did, how did such a dramatic shift happen in that kind of a sense? Like what did you see about like what, what made you just kind of pick up your proverbial bags inside of your head and just change over to being a Christian? Like, what was that like? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, my story is, like, interesting, because, like, you are right, like, I have only been, like, vigorously following the Lord, like, more recently, but, like, I've always known about him, like, I've known he's there, I knew I believed in him, but I was never obedient, I was never a steward of, like, who he is and, like, his grace, um, but, yeah, it wasn't until college where I really got serious with my faith, and it, it truly has to do, again, with, like, the Austin Stone, and, like, Young Life, um, and just other Christian, like, organizations that I could find, because I, like, I wanted to follow Jesus, like, once I got to college, so, like, that was my, that was always my big, like, 
plan. Like, oh, when I get to college, like, I'm changing. Mm. Like, until I get to college, like, that's going to be, like, when I'm yeah. like, new again. Like, yeah. it was, like, my fresh start because everything was changing. And, like, I did, like, start following the Lord seriously. But, like, even then, my first year, my first two years of college, like, we're still so broken. Like, it was hard to get out of my old ways to, like, actually follow the Lord. But it, I think I just had, like, a shift of, like, Hey Kim, like you can't be lukewarm. Like you can't like read scripture, go to church, um, be hungover, and like still like say, "Oh, I'm a follower of Christ." Because it's like you're not being obedient to His Word, and you're not yeah. living by His truth. And yeah. it's just like after trying to find like happiness in so many like worldly things, and like finding it temporarily, but nothing ever like everlasting. I was like, "Okay, if this is not working for me. Like, why do I keep doing this? Like, yeah, it's not good for me." So. That, like, after, I guess, so much trial and error, I was like, okay, now, like, I need to be serious about my faith and, like, truly know, like, Jesus is Lord of all and, like, he died for my sins and that holds a lot of power in it and, and resurrected. Like, that's huge. Um, so, yeah, and it just was, like, that realization, yeah, that, like, worldly things are not as lasting happiness. Well, it's about intentionality, too, in a lot of ways. Like, that's kind of, like, what the whole purpose of everything is. Like, this is kind of, like, in, in, in another sense, like, in a worldly example to compare to everything else. Like I've gotten into um, a good amount of discussions with people about like, I don't like people who are political moderates. I either want people to be either a left-leaning person or a right-leaning person because I can't, one, I can't trust people who are kind of wavering and flip-flopping between a bunch of things. Like I want to know where your values are and where you stand on something. And if you flip-flop, like I can't, I just can't trust you for one thing. And two, it shows that you're actually kind of, you know, informed about a lot of things. Some opinions can differ and everything else, but like, with the faith sense of everything, it's like, you're right. It's not just something you just kind of stumble into or you can't do it passively. It has to be an active pursuit yeah. of of Christ in this example, but it has to be something where you are actively committing to it. It's not just kind of like you said, just kind of rolling out of bed after a night at the bars on 6th Street and kind of going out and doing all this kind of stuff and then just saying like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and then go back and like, you know, sleep and, you know, put off the Sunday scaries, whatever you have for like the next like six hours, whatever, and kind of do all that kind of stuff. So the intentionality is a huge part and, and Going back to kind of your general that shift you had where you're just like, I don't wanna like do this anymore, like I wanna I wanna dive face first into whatever this is. Was there like a moment or like a, a period of time or like something where you're just like, I'm just kinda sick of like I'm just not gonna do this anymore, like I'm kinda fed up and I'm kinda sick of it. Like was there something like that? I know there was like there wasn't one for me specifically. It was like a buildup over time with a lot of things and eventually I just said, like, okay, like I just want to see what this other lifestyle has to provide in that sense mm -hmm. and that was kind of my so i don't have like a grand like like the heavens did not proverbially open for me at one point like kind of me having to do all this stuff but was that the case for you or was yours different no i mean i think definitely gradually but there was like something like something that happened in my life that definitely got the ball ball rolling um but yeah i i, I guess i was just like like early of early 2021 I was kind of just going through a lot and I tried to like go to friends for advice or go to like places or do things and like nothing was like helping me my problem and like my thing is like I love helping people so much but when it comes to people asking if they can help me I always decline mm. like I'm like I don't like being a burden to people I don't like almost like letting people in if that's the right word yeah like I I can more than like be vulnerable absolutely but when it comes to like hey I'm actually going through something right now and like I do need help like I usually keep that to myself 
especially early last year when I was going through a lot, like, with a close uh, person in my life, like, it was just really tough, because what they were doing kept affecting me, and, like, they just had no remorse, and, like, I was just getting hurt, like, every time, and I was like, I can't keep forgiving, and then hurting me, like, it's conflicting with me trying to follow Christ, because he says we need to love each other, we need to forgive each other, but yeah. where's that boundary if they just keep, like, hurting me intentionally? Um, so I was just kind of going through that alone, but there was a retreat that happened, like, in March of 21, and I kind of just had a whole day with Christ, like, to myself, and I just was praying, and I was like, hey, like, I know I pray to you often, and, like, you know everything going on in my life, but, like, truly, like, today on, like, I give this to you, and, like, it's just so much weight that I'm holding on my back, and, like, I still don't know how to move forward or navigate like this, but I give it all to you, and, like, I'm surrendering, like, today, and, like, I don't know what, like, what you have moving forward for me, but I trust you completely, and, like, those are words I always knew about, but I, like, never actually said them out loud to Christ, like, I never said them in prayer, so, yeah, it was just, like, that one day at retreat, and I just... I cried, and I gave it to him, and I was like, hey, like, I don't have to carry this burden alone, because I know, like, you have me, Lord, and you keep my, me safe, you're my healer, my protector, like, my savior, and I don't, I shouldn't hold this from you, like, why would I hold this from you, so that definitely got the ball rolling for me, and, like, yeah, it, it hasn't even been a full year since, like, that conversation with the Lord, so mm-hmm. looking back on it, it's like, yeah, gradually, like, I did get so much stronger in my faith because of that, because I was so good at just keeping my problems to myself and, like, not giving my anxiety or fears to Christ like I do now. So, yeah. Yeah, that happened. Was the concept of surrender hard to you? It was very hard for me. I think that's kind of like, you know, going back to the point of, like, you don't like people necessarily coming in and helping you. You feel like a burden to people and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I am a very stubborn person by trait and by kind of nature and everything. I'm sure you could probably picked up on that for how long you've known me by this point. But, um, there's a, um, there, there's something about that concept that never really, you know, stood, you know, I would say sat well with me in a lot of ways where I was like, I'm going to do the whole cliche of like, I'm going to never give up. I'm going to always persist. I'm going to do whatever. I don't want anyone to see me weak. I don't want to see anyone to see me like all this kind of stuff. I think it's more of like, a lot of guys, I think, have to deal with this in a lot of ways where it's like, like, like you don't want to be like, you know, not masculine or something like that. We're doing all that kind of stuff. And I, I just want, I thought it was like, I don't want to be seen as, like I said, as weak or something else like that. But that was always a big thing for me to come over. But once I just let, you know, I let my guard down finally and kind of let all of the, you know, our religion, our theology kind of wash over me. And then that kind of was very comforting when I was able to kind of let go. And there's a famous uh, scene in Fight Club. I don't know, it's a poster right there. I don't know if you've ever seen have you ever seen that movie before where um where Brad Pitt is yelling at Edward Norton who's the main character in the movie and he screams at him he's like he's like I'm afraid of letting go he's like just let go just let go all that kind of stuff and then he finally lets go and he finally gets to see freedom and stuff like yeah. that which is really really cool and so I think about that a, a lot when I thought about a bunch of other things so was that was that similarly hard for you or was it am I like mischaracterizing that or getting that wrong No that's a that's a great comparison I love that I I actually feel the same way like yes surrender like I guess it was cliche because I immediately just felt so much better mm-hmm. I was like all yeah. that weight and all the sensitivity and like this anxiety I was holding and keeping to myself like I truthfully released it all and, like I gave him everything and like I repented for everything I had done and like it's just like an hour or two with Christ like that's honestly all you might need just to like fully feel like at peace because I talk 
and pray for just so long that day. Yeah. That's what I needed. Like, I just needed to let everything out. Sort of like therapy session. Like, God's always listening. Like, he's there. Like, yes, he knows what you're going through, but you need to tell him too. Like, you need to communicate with that. And, and like, it just makes your bond that much stronger. But, yeah, yeah I mean, since surrendering, like, I really have felt so much free. And, like, especially since my baptism, like, that, that was, like, the like most freeing moment ever. But, yeah. yes, I feel free, but, I mean, there comes, like, there comes a cost to being a Christian too, right? Like, it's Absolutely. not the easiest way to live life. Like, like being a believer, like, choosing to follow Christ is literally a choice every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have to get yeah. up and, like, choose to, like, follow Jesus today. And, like, be, like, a good, um, obedient, like, daughter to him. And, like, it, it could be so easy for me to just, like, drop everything and go back to the way I used to live. Like, that's right. the easy way out. Like, of course it's easy. And there is freedom in following Christ. But, yes, you're going to stumble sometimes. Like, that that's what the enemy does to you. And, like, it's not perfect following Christ, but it's just so much easier because, like, he's so loving, he's so merciful, and he has so much grace for us. And it's like, why would we not surrender to him, like, and not have this freedom? Because he's given us, like, everlasting life from it. So mm-hmm. that's definitely, like, how he handles, like, following Jesus. Like, there is yeah. Yeah, I think we were going to hit on this later, but since you already broke open that egg, I guess we're going to go there now. Um, so I always, I always say to people, I, I've gotten like, you know, I've talked with a lot of people about this. Uh, shout out to Allie Carey. We talked about this a lot last week on our, or two weeks ago on our podcast as well. I always, I've gotten into the habit of saying that um, being a Christian is the hardest, easiest thing you'll ever do. And so it's kind of like something where it's like, it is so hard because you have to forsake so much of like what the world has to offer in order to follow what we do. But once you... To your point, once you see all that kind of side of everything, it always kind of just opens up and you realize that you are making the right decision, even though it's very, very hard to make that right decision in terms of going, following the Lord and doing all this other kind of stuff. So becoming a Christian entails a lot of suffering and a lot of other things and a lot of that stuff. You kind of talked about that earlier with your friend and this relationship you kind of had to really examine and kind of go out and see like all that stuff for what it is and really, really try to truly see it for what it is. So what was the thing in terms of your walk that really made you suffer the most, would you say? Like, what, what was that What was that thing that really, really kind of was like, either made you doubt or made you like, you know, like, for lack of a better term, like, fuck this, I'm not just going to, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to subject myself to this anymore. Like, what, what was that for you, if you can remember? Yeah, I, I mean, sort of like I said earlier, like, it really is a choice, like, every day. And, like, choosing to do that, like, it does come with, like, a lot of, like, hate from the world, like, people are, I'm just constantly misunderstood as a Christian, like, I'm called, like, naive, too nice, like, easy to be stepped on, like, too forgiving, like, and people take, like, this generosity and, like, this niceness to take for granted sometimes, they're like, oh, she'll forgive me, she's a Christian, like, that's what she's supposed Mm, to do. Yeah. So, that was definitely, like, what I've suffered with the most, and, like, it's hard when it comes, like, from your family or close friends, because they just don't understand, like, where you're coming from, they're just like, she's too young, she doesn't know what it's like to be in the real world, she's not a parent yet, like, she's not graduated yet, like, she's naive, she doesn't know what she's talking about, so it's hard when you're, like, being doubted, and, like, it's coming from people, like, you've looked up to, like, your whole life, and it's, like, it's something about, like, also swallowing your pride, because it's, like, I used to think, I used to think, like, I knew what was best for myself, but, like, by following Christ, like, I'm not, quote-unquote, doing what's best for myself, because I'm not controlling my life anymore, like, it's, my future is already planned with Jesus, mm-hmm. so it's, like, I can't, like, control, like, 
where and what I'll be doing like this time next year. Like who knows? Like yeah. like I I'm not in control of that. So it's like you do have to like let go of your pride because it's like you truly don't know what you're doing and like you won't um, unless you surrender to God. So I would say like suffering would from following Christ for lack of better terms. Like yes, you have to let go of your pride and you're just gonna constantly deal with like people doubting like your faith or taking advantage of it because like nothing happens in your time. It's like there's I mean not much I can do about that. Like it would constantly be there and it's like following Jesus is a choice every day and like if I have that like yes sometimes like it's hard to to follow it and like I have doubted it before but now I feel a lot stronger in my faith. But yeah, I, I think um, following Jesus like Yes, it's hard because people doubt you, but also there's, like, temptation everywhere. Like, I think of, like, the world, like, as literally a battlefield. Like, I'm constantly, like, walking into a battlefield the moment I leave my house. And I'm like, there's temptation here. There's negativity here. Like, there's this, like, here. And it's just, like, I choose to follow Jesus today, so I'm not going to put myself there. Or, like, I'm not going to listen to what the enemy is telling me today, even if he says it's the easy way out. So, there comes, like, a lot of sacrifices that come with following Jesus, and, like, yes, call them sufferings or not, but, like, I think it's so worth it to follow Christ, right? Like, that's why I still follow Jesus and, like, literally defend him when people start questioning me about it. Yeah. Like, I would rather have people ask me questions about my faith so I can, like, spread his word. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing something right if someone's asking me, like, hey, why are you so nice? Or mm-hmm. just something like that. Like, I love when people start asking me questions gives me like that step in to like share who Jesus is. Yeah. What is the biggest, you talked about kind of just the pitfalls about being a Christian, the temptations that come with being a Christian. What's the one that sticks out to you the most in terms of like what you, what's for you personally, like what's the hardest thing to say no to when you think about your faith and what you don't want to do in terms of your faith? Like what's the biggest thing for you? Oh wow! Okay, nothing. well, good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Like I'm like, not, like I'm so committed. I'm like I can't be tempted right now. But I guess speaking for my older self. Yeah, I was gonna say like, let, let, let's rewind the clocks back to when right. we were first starting to go and to this. Like, like, was... I don't even want to be too sure because maybe there is something. And like I'll never sure. know until I get there. But yeah. right now, like I, I can confidently say, like honestly, nothing. Well, that's all. Aw- well, that's awesome. First of all, I would, yeah, that's no, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. that's that's awesome. That's really cool. But yeah, I can speak for my old self for sure. Um, it, yeah, it truly is like a rebirth when you're baptized. Like it, it just means like saying, referring to myself as like yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess back then, like it would be challenging for me um, to like say yes or no to like going out with friends and doing things. Because I was like, okay, I know this isn't honoring God, but having like one or two won't hurt. And then I was like, oh no, that's the enemy telling like, one or two won't hurt because once you start drinking like that too then you're going to want to have a third and then you're going to want to have a fourth and like what good comes from that so I I know like my old self used to struggle with telling friends sorry I can't go out tonight or sorry I can't see you because it's like I say old friends because that's the only thing we used to bond over Mm. and like they truly aren't like in my life anymore which is not shocking because like we don't have anything in common or anything like long lasting which now my Christian friendships have so much more to them, but yeah, um, yeah, that was something I struggled with. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like you know, it, it's it's hard because I mean, like you were a, probably what a freshman or sophomore in college when the, when this time I was happening, probably sophomore in college when this is happening. So I mean, it's not like an uncommon thing, for example. And you're just kind of like, well, I, I want to go and do this, but then you kind of had this mindset shift and everything, and it was just kind of like, yeah, it was something where it was like, I just you know feel that this is not what my value system fits, and this is not what you know honors God or whatever you want to call it, and that's kind of where everything sits down. But on the flip side of that. Like you said, like you don't feel, you know, anything anymore, which is, which is awesome, which is great. I didn't expect that to be your answer, honestly, but what has been, I would say the biggest blessing from this, because I think the other thing that people really miss out with Christianity, they like to say it's all fire and brimstone and like nothing else. And like, he's just, you know, the hell, all this kind of stuff. But then there is a lot of good stuff that comes with being, I think, a person of faith in any denomination of religion. But I think, you know, obviously we believe in Christianity. The Christianity is the truth and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what what has been the biggest blessing since you've adopted this new mindset and lifestyle and religion? Like, what, is, what has been the thing that stuck out to you most? Um, I think the biggest blessing has been, like, finding community. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I mentioned before, like, oh, I thought I had such awesome friends and like having fun was like so cool and like I cared about too much about what other people thought about me and like I would just try to sort of fulfill their wishes. But I mean, ever since following Christ, right, like I lost that old community, I lost that old self of me and I realized like they were never friends to begin with, they were never like whatever the label was to begin with. Uh, and since following Christ, it's, like, I've been introduced to, like, community that, like, actively wants to, like, get to know me for who I am and not for what I can provide. Mm-hmm. And, like, that means so much. Because it's, like, I don't have to perform in front of, like, my Christian friends to be perfect because we're all trying to pursue Christ and we all know we're broken inside. So there's just so much comfort in knowing that, like, community I have made through, like, becoming a believer is truly, like, everlasting. So it's, like, a friendship that compare that can't ever compare to like a non-believer because like there is that everlasting life and we will still see each other like when we're like not on earth anymore yeah and yeah. there's just so much peace in that but yeah i would say my biggest blessing is community like i would never have this community if it weren't for jesus and like he truly places people in my life for a reason and like i just never take it for granted so i think like the leaders and friends and, like, Bible study communities, like, I've made since following Jesus, like, means so much to me. Like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for community. Like, I think that's the most important, like, part about following Jesus. Like, you can't follow Jesus alone. Yeah. You need accountability. Like, you need people to push you. And, like, you also need to, yes, be intentional and seek it for yourself. But, I mean, community is so important. And just by God providing that to me, like, is truly the biggest blessing. Was there a specific person that really stuck out to you or specific people that really stuck out to you? Yeah. Um, my I did Young Life my freshman year of college, and I've, I'm still in it. I'm a senior, so it's been four okay, years. Okay, cool. And my Young Life leader, she is amazing. Like, she has seen me since freshman year until now. It's baby Kim seen, until, like, now almost adult Kim, which is crazy. Yeah. So much has changed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she has been here since day one, and it's like, I can't thank her enough for, like, never giving up on me and, like, always, like, having the best wisdom to give me and, like, never judging me for when I would tell her, like, when I messed up. And it's, like, she held me so accountable and, like, she 
she needs her heart surgery. So yeah, I would definitely wish she had surgery every year. Yeah, awesome. Four years right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how that goes. What do you think the primary difference between Christian friendships and non-Christian friendships are? Like, do you do you think that there is like, is there something that's clear that sticks out to you there? Because like, I think like when you said your situation with your old group of friends compared to your new group of friends, and I don't want to mischaracterize this group of people versus this not group of people, but I think like with people who are kind of more on the hedonistic side, and they kind of say like, we're just going to go out and you know drink and you know have you know what do whatever college kids do nowadays. It's like I think that there is a impetus where you always know that your Christian friends, if they truly are believers and they want to help you, they want to, they want you to do well and they want to do things that help you benefit the Lord and everything like this. And I think that in terms of your non-Christian friends, they can do those type of things. They can push you in that direction, but they also can't. And so there's an obvious, I would say, intentionality with kind of what they want the outcome of your friendship to look like. I don't know if that's too broad of a brush to paint with, but I think there's kind of something where it's like, your Christian friends are always, if they truly are, you know, community and friends and everything like that, they're pushing you to do the right thing in the eyes of God. But if they're not, then they could be doing that, but that they also could not be doing that, which is a very, very big problem. It's the not versus they are doing that. Do you think that's kind of accurate yeah. or, or what would you say it is? Yeah, I would, I would say the biggest difference between non-believers and non-believers maybe is like non-believers, like they just don't ever repent for what they do. And like, mm. when you like repent for your sins, like that can surrendering a part of yourself to Christ because if you truly do feel like guilty or bad for what you just did knowing that it was bad so it's like when you repent like you know you're not going to make that mistake again or you try not to like intentionally but as a non-believer if you're not repenting like you're continuing to live life the way you think is best and you're not feeling any remorse for living the way you live and it's like you can know like you're not living the right way and still continue because you're not repenting right so you don't have that like guilty aspect to it and like it's sad because like i i know like non-believer relationships and friendships are like never gonna last and like yeah in, in, the, liter- in the in the literal sense of that of that yeah yeah, like, yeah i'm not gonna see you after like when when we, pass when we die like, yeah yeah, like, yeah and like that makes me sad like i want to help everyone and then there comes like me again like let me fix you and it's like oh, i can't mm-hmm. fix everyone I can plant seeds, yes, but it's like I can't hold that burden on myself of like I need to save everyone I come in contact with that needs saving. It's like I can try doing that, but I can teach what they can carry. Yeah. When I fail, like I'll take that heavy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that like repenting is the biggest like divider between my two friendships. And like non believers aren't going to keep me accountable for when I mess up. They're going to say, like, okay, Forgiven, or whatever they keep yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. No, believers will keep me accountable. They'll tell me like where I'm messing up and where I need to improve on. Like they care for my well-being and spiritual being, which means so much more. So like, I just don't think like non-believers can keep you accountable to be a better person, and they just don't repent for their actions or their sins. That. Yeah, it's a trust level in terms of all that kind of stuff. Like you can trust your believer friends to kind of be like, hey, you're kind of messing this up here. Like, you know, look, you need to course correct and see what we need to do here. But then there's a thing where it's like you you know that 
you should be doing something and the people that know that you should be doing that thing also, they kind of are able to hold you to that and make you stay like, you know, this is what you signed, this is what you signed up for, like quite literally in this sense. And you know, all this kind of stuff, this is kind of what you need to kind of do to put yourself in that direction. So there's a trust level there that I think a lot of people see that, you know, in terms of a purposeful Christian community, like we're involved in that, you know, there is a, there is a cost to all that kind of stuff. There's no like free lunch for anybody inside of that thing. You're either in this thing to help people and do all this kind of stuff and really, really, you know, pursue something together or you're in a position where you're not going to do that, which is a very stark right. contrast when you really think about it. Right. Like yeah. it truly is about like looking out for one's best self. And it's like, yeah. I know my belief in Christ can do that, but yeah. I want to like help other people. So yeah. Yeah. I fully trust it. Yeah. yeah. What is your relationship like with your family? And I know you've, I, I have not, I might've met your mom once, I think a couple, like a, a couple months ago, you brought her to one of our services and I know she was there a couple Sundays ago. Your sister's there. You have three sisters, right? Two older, one younger. I have three older sisters. Three older ones. Okay. Okay. Maybe that was, I, I don't know. I thought I saw it. I, I don't know. I, I that's okay. Never mind. So four. So you're the youngest of four. Which is which I thought was very interesting because I remember a couple of months ago you were saying that you were helping your sisters, you know, in their walk with faith and everything like this, and you're saying all this kind of stuff. And then I was like, I think someone was like, Well, Kim, aren't your sisters like all older than you are? And you're like, Yeah. And we're like, Really? And they're like, Kind of everything else. So it's kind of like you had mentioned before that they were making strides to meet you where you were in terms of your faith and everything else and all this kind of stuff. And you were kind of really, it was kind of a, a bit of a struggle to bring them to kind of see what you see and do what you do and, you know, walk as you walk and all that sort of stuff. And well, two, two things on top of this, like when your mindset first started shifted, where you say, I want to dedicate my life to following my religion. I want to be a really, really dedicated believer, all this kind of stuff. What was their, were they like shocked by that? Were they kind of like, what, like, why are you so head over heels for this new thing that you're kind of going into? Like, what was that like? Yeah. Um, they might've been a little shocked, but not as shocked as like you might be thinking, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, growing up, like, sure. Like I wasn't a, a follower and like, I wasn't obedient to like Christ's word, but like, I always never like, doubted he was like a real God. Like, yeah. Like, I would pray and stuff, like, it might have been meaningless because of my actions, but even then, like, if my faith wasn't strong growing up, like, who I was was, like, I was always a helper, like, I was always yeah. nice to people, I was just different from my family, I was always the oddball out because I never held grudges, I honestly, like, still, like, say, like, I never had any pride, like, I was just always so different from my family growing up because they're just very strong minded women and very yeah. outspoken and yeah. very like in charge and I was always the opposite. Like I was always like I I'll do whatever like you want me to do. I'm like I'm here to help you and like I'm not gonna hold a grudge because like that's too much work. So like maybe like that foundation from Christ was already there. So like I was always like just different from my sisters and my mom. Like I always was the one that disagreed with their decisions. And I would question everything they like decided on. So, or like stop deciding because of your feelings like I never made decisions based off my feelings like when I was mad growing up I would always mm. calm down and then be the one to talk it out yeah and whereas like growing up it's like you know if you're mad you stay mad and you're not the first person to talk and I'm like mm. no I don't stay mad and I am the first person to talk so I, I was always different growing up and like maybe there was a shock factor but I mean me following Christ and like 
only becoming like more forgiving and like merciful and graceful like kind of adds up to like my foundations growing up and values but um yeah it, it's different when I'm the only one like actively indigenously pursuing Christ in my family because I am the youngest at the beginning of the day and like they realize that yeah and it's like they're married moms like engaged or parent or um, kids or like I mean my mom also and all that stuff so it's like I'm just the little sister or daughter that doesn't know much about life yet. So it, it's hard um, sometimes to get my point across with my family because they say they've lived too much life sort of yeah. deciding for themselves. So it's hard for them to like truly just let everything go. Because I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Sometimes it's hard for me too. Like I said, I actively have to choose to follow Christ. And like sometimes I just. Like, it can be easy to just want to go back and control everything yourself. Like, I totally yeah. get that. Like, sometimes I have, like, those thoughts, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, my family, like, they're super supportive of it. Um, sometimes they misunderstand, like, why I do what I do. But I I definitely am very patient with them. And I'm just always, like, willing to talk to them about, like, my faith and just spread, spread it more. Like, you mentioned my sister. Like, I'm so, like... I'm so motivated to just share more with my sisters and have them be, like, on the same level because it's truly, like, I can't think of, like, women I love more yeah. on this planet than my sisters and my yeah. mom. Like, they mean everything to me, like, since day one, right? They've been there. Um, so, because they mean so much to me and because, like, I am, like, the strongest in my faith from them, like, it motivates me to share so much with them. And, like, I can say, like, to this day, like, I'm the first person who's, like, given my family Bible. Or, yeah. like, prayed for them, like, consistently and shared with them, like, messages and sermons. Like, I'm constantly trying to have them pursue Christ. And, like, I don't think anyone's done that for them. Mm-hmm. So coming from, like, the younger child, like, it is shocking to them. But for them to be willing to receive it means a lot to me. And, like, I do see God using me to soften their hearts, like, little by little. So, so yeah, I mean, it just means so much to me that I get to share my faith with them. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Did that make you feel weak, I guess, when you kind of had to come, you you had a lot of people where you said like, I think that's a very interesting question because when you say you always wanted to think out your arguments, but then people always said like, this is what I feel and this is what I'm going to say, all that kind of stuff. Like, did it make you feel like, I would say less strong of a person when you said like, I actually need to think about this before I come up with a response or everything like that? Is that kind of like what maybe deterred you from like kind of going into all this kind of stuff or like how did that how did that make you feel maybe maybe but I always I guess add this maturity of like no I'm I'm being the bigger person by talking to you first even though what you did really hurt me like I think taking the easy way out is staying mad and not talking to that person because you're hurt so I would always tell like my family or whoever the case was like I'm being the bigger person like you might think are because your pride is bigger and like you think you can hold this grudge but holding the grudge has so much more weight to it than just forgiving and talking that talking it out with that person and being the first one to reach out like i think that's more mature yeah absolutely to yourself so yeah i never thought of myself until you thought like only i'm the strong person here and that says a lot because yeah i'm the youngest so what does that say about you and like yeah that would always be my argument which would sometimes make people mad but 
I don't know. I, I still think there's so much like strength that comes from following Christ, and like it's true. Like He is my biggest guide, and He gives me life, and through Him, like there's so much strength. Um, and His Scripture like helps me so much, and like I guess my maturity because it's like I know to hold my tongue before I speak, right, and to be quick to listen and slow to speak, and like love is patient, like love is kind. Like I have all this wisdom from Scripture that like I live my life by. And people are like, oh, you're so mature. And I'm just like, oh, I just get it from the Bible. You can get it from there. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, it's all just truth. And, like, it's truth I live by every day. Like, I choose to live by it. Like, I keep saying, and I don't see it, like, weak at all. I I think it's, like, admirable and strong to, like, continually choose to live by it, even when people can get, like, hurt by it or mad or upset because you're not living life the way they do, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. When the going gets tough, where do you turn for strength and support and help other than God? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I'm a huge prayer, so when something gets tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. when it's tough, I'm going to pray ASAP. Um, I love music, worship music. Okay, um, cool. I know that's God, but um, huge worship music. I'm like, that'll... That there's just so much truth and so much peace in uh, worship. Um, or even just, like, if I'm going through a really hard time, too, uh, like, I have mentors that I look up to, like, older women that are, like, following the Christ line. They have years under their belt. Sure. Like, I'm new. Like, I need some more wisdom in my life right now. So I, I like, lay it all on the table for, like, specifically, like, even though these two older women that have it all that openly like seek how I'm doing and what they can do whether it's listening or giving advice yeah so when things get tough like I tend to go to them I tend to worship music um, but just anything like for my well-being and like anything that like glorifies Christ because when things get tough they can be temptations trying to temptation trying to be temptation and listen to the enemies like in your ear um, and yeah. just like say like okay I'm done like I'm giving up right now like that's so it's so important for me to stay strong when times get tough because like that's truthfully like when it matters the most like that's when your faith grows is when you're going through these tough times because if you give up every time something goes like not your way in your life then like that's not surrendering to to the Lord that's you doubting him and not trusting that he has a plan for you so it's like when I go through something tough, I'm like, okay, like, yes, I'm freaking out right now, but I know my future's fine, and I know he has, like, a plan for me. Like, Matthew says, like, don't worry about tomorrow, don't be anxious. Yeah. And it's like, I always think about that, and I'm super stressed, because it's like, hey, what do you think should happen for you tomorrow, or, like, next week, or, like, that acceptance letter, or, like, that job, or, like, anything. Like, it's like, you might get a closed door, but, like, don't be scared about that, like, if anything, rejoice that you got a closed door because it's taking you closer to like those open doors, right? Those opportunities that God has planned out for you. So, yeah, I also definitely talk about those kind of scriptures, but I know your question really. No, 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 it's, it's fine. No, it actually it, it brought up another question, another question that I had that you know kind of came out of that answer. So, do you are you afraid often? Because it kind of, you said something about anxiety where you said like, you know, there's no reason you quoted, you know, the Matthew verse where it's like, you don't have to 
be anxious if your faith is in is in God and you know the Lord will provide for you and everything. Do you think that it's reasonable for people for believers to be afraid? Yeah, I think it's so common too. And like I tell people, like following Jesus is the best, and like. <laughs> And like, like that, I, that, that, is, that is a literal epitome of kind of how I would describe you in a sentence. That I was like, you right. finally, yeah, just like being like following, yeah, like just the whole like the, the arm pump, everything like that. Right. Like, like, like I yeah, tell them yeah. all the good things, and I'm like, but disclaimer, like that's not going to take away your everyday fears, your everyday anxiety. Like that stuff is still going to be. It's going to amplify it almost. Yes. Yeah. But you're choosing to follow Christ because you know you're broken. Like that's the whole point. Like you don't have to be perfect to follow Him. It took me way too long to realize that. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I definitely have those fears and anxieties. Like, a lot of the time, especially now as, like, a senior, like, I'm trying to plan my future type deal. Sure. Like we were talking about taxes right before we got on this. I, yeah. I never thought that would be the conversation we had before this one, but, yeah, that was, yeah. Like, wh- where am I going to be this time next year? Because I'm not going to be an undergraduate at UT already because I'm graduating in May. So what is my plan? I'm like, I know it's already mapped out for me, and, like, I don't have to stress about it, but it's like, what do I need to be doing to get there? Because mm-hmm. if I do one thing wrong and that door closes for me, like, that's scary. Like, if it's a passion of mine and, like, Jesus says, nope, like, that will sting. Because it's like, this is something I really want to do. And if Jesus tells me, like, hey, no, you're not going to be here for this season of your life, like, yeah, that will hurt. And, like, that fear and anxiety is there. But I have way too much trust in Jesus to let that, like, overcome me and like let that like eat me up and I'm like yes it's okay to be scared but deep down like I know I'll be okay yeah he wouldn't leave me anywhere where I'll be like unhappy in that deal so I find a lot of peace like truthfully like the scripture and like his truth and like I tend to talk myself out of it too easy which is another thing that people also get misunderstood by they're like how are you not stressed right now and I'm like I don't know. Like, I just know I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'll be okay. Like, this, like, feedback can come from, like, family members and stuff. And they're like, you're literally crazy. Like, how do you not know what you're doing, like, in the fall? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, when it happens, like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, I can either stress about it or I can just be okay with what's going to happen. Like, I'm going to be okay with what's going to happen because, like, being stressed about it, like, that ruins the whole journey. Like, I want to be, like, I want to look back at, like, my journey and say, like, hey, I really, like, was obedient to God. I made amazing friends on the way. I might have touched a few people's lives. Like, I was able to do all that because I didn't let fear or anxiety consume me. Because if I did, then I would just close myself off from everyone and try to get to where I am. And then I end up where I am unhappy when I thought I would be happy. So, I don't know. I think it's all in the journey. And it's, like, I can't let that overtake my life. Like, I truly need to look at the beauty in it. Because when am I going to get this time back again? Like, I'm going to miss it when I'm grown up. Like, how sure. much truly is, like, a learning process. But, yeah, I tend to, yes, still have those fears and anxiety. But I'm like, hey, this truth is true. And he does have that plan for me. There's so much comfort. So much comfort in that. Yeah, it's beautiful. You got baptized three Sundays ago from the time of this recording coming out, so that was that was really cool. I had never been to a baptism ceremony. I don't know if were were you were you at one? Have you ever been to one before your own baptism, or was that your it was that your only time doing it or no, seeing yeah, one? Definitely oh, okay. Baptisms, yes. Okay, that was my only time seeing it. So that was a really really interesting experience wow. for me. So yeah, yeah. I was gonna, 
first one and when you invited all of us we had to show up and we were all like you know cleaning and like chapping or the clapping and cheering and all that. I get my syllables messed up clapping cheering all that kind of stuff at the back end so like what was what was the, I was actually shocked that you were not at, at that point because like I said your faith was like so and not in a bad way but your yeah. faith was like so strong that I thought like oh like Kim took care of this like three years ago or whatever this was but like so what was the process like that you said, I want to make this public dedication in this way. And how did you come to the conclusion that you, you were like, I want to go forward and go through with this. I want to do this. I want to kind of be like in the, in the zone in the moment where I can be just kind of publicly reaffirming my faith and my walk with God and doing all that stuff. How did that, how did you come to that yeah, realization? I, I think it was definitely like a gradual decision because since like day one of coming to UT, like it was so intimidating trying to follow Christ because the people around me that were already doing it had been doing it for years before. Yeah. They grew up doing it. So I was like, I can't follow Christ. Like, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I am so different from these people. How am I ever going to fit in with them? And they were like, oh, I've already been baptized. Or, like, it was always I had already been baptized. And I was like, that's a place I want to get to and be so sure about someday. Like, I had known since day one, like, I want to be baptized. And I hope it could be in college, because this is where I'm going to have the most opportunity to grow in my faith. But I know, when I know, I'm going to know that I'm ready. And, like, before I got baptized this January, like, I had been asked, like, two times, like, are you ready to get baptized? Like, do you want to get baptized with me? I'm going to be baptized this weekend. Like, let's do it together. And it was yeah. just like a... I knew my friends wanted the best for me, like, my Christian friends, but it was, like, I know deep down, like, I'm not ready. Like, that will not be fixed. I, I'm not ready. Like, and I, and I am. I'll know when I am. So, and you ended up going with a friend, which is, which is really funny. You ended up going with, uh, to our pre-class with a friend, which is really, really nice. Yeah. 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 That was so awesome. But it was, like, it was a gradual decision, but something I always knew I wanted to do. And I had been baptized growing up under the Catholic Church, but it wasn't my choice. It was just tradition. Yep. And I didn't have a relationship with Christ at all when I was baptized when, as a child. So I was like, okay, that doesn't count. Um, and I wanted to do it on my terms, and I knew my faith was strong. And it all happened. I was still like in junior high, 21, so last year, which doesn't sound like that long ago, but, like, when God, like, finds you in a broken place, like, he truthfully, like, transforms, like, your whole heart, like, in months, right? Like, it's just amazing where, like, he meets you right where you are. Like, like, I didn't find him. Like, he found me. Like, that, it it has so much more meaning in it than you'll ever know. But, yeah, that retreat happened that I talked about and I prayed about it. And then Connect MC happened for me, which is where we met our community of, of our Bible study and like I grew a lot there and I had so much motivation and wisdom I felt like to share that like with my sister so I created a sister Bible study and I started leading a small group of my own and I was like I never ever thought I was going to be a leader like in any way like whether small or big yeah I never thought I could lead people to follow Christ because I always thought I was too broken enough I didn't have enough knowledge I didn't have enough wisdom I didn't know all the scripture in the world. I I was like, I'm the last person to lead because I just started following Christ. Mm -hmm. But through Connect MC, like through like discipling my sisters and just growing with the awesome stone, like I was like, there wasn't an exact moment where I'm like, I'm ready. It was just like, after reflecting like those past few months of like mid 2021, I was like, hey, 
I'm ready. Like, what's holding me back? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Like, I can't think of one thing that's like held me back from following Christ. Like, I'm actively pursuing Him. Like, this is like I I'm ready to be baptized. And it was just a question I had thought about for like ever. Like, how do I know I'm ready? How do I know I'm ready? Like, when's the day gonna come where I'm like I'm ready? And it's like it just came gra- gradually for me, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I feel strong in my faith. I'm actively pursuing the Lord. I'm sharing his word with others. And I'm also, like, consuming his word with community. And, like, I don't, like, I don't feel tempted with sin anymore. Like, so much in my life had changed since, like, my life before, like, Christ. And I was like, hey, I'm ready. So I had known since, like, fall of 21. And I tried to get baptized then, but I already had, like, times that weekend. I was like, okay, that's like that's sad um, so yeah. that didn't work out and then I had another opportunity at a college retreat last October to do it and I was like well my family's not going to be there so that's not going to work out and finally like the third opportunity that arose was this past January 22nd and I was like perfect like I'll do that one like I'm so ready so if anything I was like impatient I was like oh I just wanted to come faster because I had known since like August of 2021 that I had wanted to to be baptized so yeah. it's funny that I kind of had to wait like literally like six yeah. months for that but yeah. yeah I couldn't be more sure about my decision just after reflecting on like my past year last year and just looking through my journal like comps and readings and seeing like wow like she's really changed like yeah and I'm, I'm I think my biggest change was also realizing like I don't have to be perfect to follow Christ because I would compare myself to everyone at church I would be like they're more holy than me. They pray better than me. They know more scripture than me. They lead a larger Bible study than I do. They disciple so well. It's just like, I can't get there because I just started following Christ. And yeah. And then I realized, like, I don't need to be perfect to follow him. Like, he just wants me to keep my routine exactly where I'm at. Like, he, he looks for me every day. And, like, I just have to surrender to him. I'm ready so I just was after having that realization like he doesn't have to be perfect he he loves me for who I am um that's when I understood that concept I was like okay yeah I have so much confidence in my belief that there is only one yeah and you had a very very uh, I mean I remember just the ovation you got from the crowd when you when you gave your testimony and the best part uh, Katie, I think, literally started crying when she when you said all this kind of whatever <laughs> she said. The best part, you said, uh, the grave was empty, so I don't have to be. What does that mean to you? Why did you uh, Why did you make that like the focal point of your uh, of your testimony? I don't know. I, I definitely ended with that. Um, but like when I was writing my testimony, I was like, honestly, like I prayed so much. I was like, God, like I want you to use my words to stir people's hearts. Like I want you to just give them a new perspective on how surrendering to you can change their whole life for the better. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I said that because I, I knew that I could relate to people because, I mean, before Jesus, I tried finding happiness, like, in people, places, and things, and I thought I knew it was best for myself, but I realized I was always, like, empty inside. Like, there was never anything fulfilling about it. So when I started getting deeper in my faith, I started feeling, I started realizing how fulfilling, like, Christ was, 
and it meant so much for me knowing that, like, he died for my sins, and, like, I'm so undeserving, like, of that, like, I'm so undeserving of that, like, why, like, I, it's still a crazy concept, but I sort of, like, look at that as a perspective of, like, say, like, someone close to you, like, a friend or a sibling or a parent, like, say, like, they chose to give their life for you so you could have everlasting life. Once you know, like, you took someone's life because of all the sin you have from your past, that would almost immediately prompt you to stop sinning because then if you kept sinning, their death meant nothing to you. Like, you're not honoring them or serving Mm -hmm. them. So why would you keep sinning purposely? For this person that loves you so much to die for you like like i just i can't wrap my mind about why people would still willingly sin like knowing that so i i'm just like it just it just means like your death meant nothing to you so i kind of have that mindset of like his crucifixion and resurrection means like that we can have like new life with god and reconciliation so like his grave is empty because he rose and he resurrected, and, like, I can't say it enough, but, yeah, his grave is empty, so I don't have to be, and, like, he resurrected, so we can have that relationship with him, so with his grave being empty, it's, like, I have this relationship with Christ, and, like, through that, like, I'm free, like, his goodness and his grace, like, I truly have so much freedom in that, and, like, yeah, that's kind of my explanation for, like, his grave is empty, so I don't have to be, like, by following Christ and by life and resurrecting it and allowing us to have that relationship with him like there's so much freedom in that so yeah i feel like i'm gonna say that like for the rest of my life now yeah it's It's your phrase it's your phrase yeah yeah it's a good one what what is that what baptism means to you then kind of like that rebirth inside of Mm -hmm. inside of god inside of everything else is that kind of what it means or does it mean something else more technical than that to you <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, no one around me knows it, That's but so I'm you again. Like, I just like had such that mindset, and like, I shared it with like the whole world. Obviously, it's a public proclamation of like, hey, I'm surrendering myself, and I'm choosing to like believe that there's only one God, and like, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Like, that's me publicly proclaiming it through my baptism. And yes, when I go in the water, I'm dying. Like to death my old self and when I'm coming out of that water like I'm reborn in Christ again and like I think I said it like John John chapter 3 verse 3 like unless you're born again in his kingdom then you are like a follower a believer of Christ like you have to be born again you have to like um, like your old self has to die yeah um, and like since being baptized like I truly feel like different and like People around me have noticed it too, and like I think the best part or most fulfilling part from being baptized is having people reach out to me that um, that I posted like my baptism pictures from Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Like I've had old friends and people I used to know reach out to me and say, "How did you get to where you are now?" Wow. Or like, "How can I get to this place in my life? How can I grow deeper in my faith?" And these are non-believers? Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. So it, it's like, that's the biggest blessing of it all. Like, God truly used me to stir people's hearts. 
whether they were at my baptism or they saw my pictures like on social media, it's like I have like this power from Jesus now to spread his word and people are asking me questions like how did you get there? Yeah. Like they're seeing the joy and freedom that I'm proclaiming in public and asking me like how can I get there? And it's like I mean that that like just speaks to itself. Like I, I just feel so honored and amazed at how like God can soften and have people question um, who He is through me. So it's been amazing like having to help people, pray for people, and just these old friends and old company I used to have in my life just reach out, and I'm like that means so much for me. Or even just like my picture or comment on a post for the first time in like years because we haven't talked. And it's like, this is reaching people, like, whether they meant to see it or not, like, this popped up on their feed for a reason, and, yeah, that's been the biggest difference since being baptized, is having people I never thought would reach out to me again, ask for advice on how I got to where I am right now. What do you tell them? I, I kind of, like, go, like, on an island, like, oh, my yeah. this is a loaded <laughs> yeah. question. Like, throwing a bunch of, like, you know, these are yeah. loaded questions. If you're asking me, how can I get back into my faith journey? How did you get to where you are now? And, like, why did you surrender? Like, what life decisions made you do that? Oh, I can tell you. Yeah, right. I can talk right. about that for hours. Sure. So my questions, my answers are never short. Like, it's like, hey, like, you knew me. You knew how broken I was. You knew all the things, like, that happened in my life growing up. And, like, I, like, by you seeing like where I'm at now, like it's just a true testament as to like how you can change. How there's still so much like that can happen for you. Like there's so much hope and grace, and like God provides that. And my first answer is always a community. You want to like grow deeper in your faith? You need to find community. You need to find a church. You need to find a Bible study. You need people to hold you accountable. Because as much as you want the best for yourself, like it'll be easy to give up. So if you want my advice, find community and use my story as like motivation for you because they need firsthand like to witness to you. So I say like look for scripture, find community and like it'll it'll be worth it. And I always like offer them my help too. Like literally reach out to me again if you have questions or anything yeah. further. But yeah, that's my personal confession. Yeah. So as you wrap if anyone is like one of those people like that is kind of curious thinking about becoming religious specifically christian what encouragement and words of wisdom can you share for someone to follow in your footsteps like i guess this, this is kind of the same but different question like yeah. what would you what would you say to those people like you know especially as a person who's so out, outwardly spoken dedicated to what you have and is such a good example of what a follower of christ should be like yeah um it's kind of like three points. Like I, I'd say is like following Christ is worth it because your sin is paid. Number one. Yep. Number two, like your suffering has so much meaning to it. Like you're not suffering for nothing. If you think you are, then you're not suffering for nothing because three, your future is already planned for you. So it's like it sounds like too perfect of a formula to follow because it's like okay, when I follow Jesus, everything will fall into place, and like I'll be so happy. Like, yes, you will, but that won't get rid of, like I mentioned earlier, all your fear, all your anxiety, all your doubting. That will still be there. There's still an enemy like loose in this world today that wants you so bad to give up every single day. And there's temptations everywhere that he, like, will put out there for you because he knows you'll fall weak on your knees. 
Yeah. Um, but like advice for people that are just new believers is like, yes, those three things, but also like I mentioned too, like community, like you need people to hold you accountable and like you can find that like at your local churches or especially if you're in college, college students, everyone knows the opportunities yeah. to like follow and Jesus and grow deeper in their faith. Like I give so much credit to like UT helped me with Young Love, and, like, I found this young because, like, I moved off, and then I realized, like, it was such a huge college ministry there, too. So, it's, like, yes, it can be scary to make new friends or to dive yourself into a world where you know you're so broken and you don't fit in, but that's the point. Like, everyone in the community you're trying is going to be broken. Like, I think it's so important to realize, like, they're not perfect as much as you think they might be because of the knowledge and but we're all broken. We all come from the same place. We all have a past. We're, we all have done things we're ashamed of, and there's nothing that someone has done that's, like, worse or better. Because, like, a sin is a sin, right? So it's just, like, moving forward. You just have to repent, and, like, you have to have that community to hold you accountable if you really are intentional with having this relationship with Christ. And I think it's important to know, like, everyone's equal in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Like, there's no one higher up there pastors or worship leaders or Bible study leaders, like, no, we all humble ourselves down to serve in Christ. Like, that's truly what we are and who we are. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, giving them comfort in that sense of knowing, of letting them know, like, that they're not alone in their brokenness and that following Jesus, like, as much as it's, like, rainbow and flowers, like, yes, you're still going to be disappointed. Like, yes, um, that happens, but I mean, with community, with, uh, and praying in scripture, like, that's truly, like, I guess the secret formula to following Christ is having that, um, having that effort to, like, prepare themselves. Like, yes, it's hard and it's hard, but let people know, like, they're interested in following Christ. Beautiful stuff, Ms. Guerra. Thank you very much <laughs> for coming on today. Yes, thank you for having me. This, this meant so much, and, like, whether it, like, touches you or not like it it does say a lot about my story and like I just want people to know like it's okay to be broken and still follow Christ and like put out your intentions and like you're always going to be forgiven and there's so much grace for you and like having the same qualities that God does and like showing up to people around you like is all God ever wants you to do there's so much freedom in following him and and yeah I just feel so free and strong in my faith right now and I just want everyone to have that feeling too because like I just I don't want to feel like broadcast anymore. Yeah. Like I'm literally free. Christ took you guys where I've been so if you feel free to do that whatever you want like I just really it just feels like so much love and there's so much hope knowing that I can also have people to pray for. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kim. I hope you come back one day, and I will, uh, I know this is going to touch a lot of people, so thank you very much for coming on, volunteering your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to come back with a new episode next week, and until then, own the day, open your mind, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Hopping, stopping, hopping like a rabbit. When I take the Nina Ross, you know I got to have it. I lay back in the cut, retain myself. Think about the shit, and I think it well. How can I mix my grip, and how should I make that nigga straight?